following message was delivered at Bible Baptist Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Let's begin in verse 3, 1 Peter chapter 1, and beginning in verse 3. Here the Bible says, Blessed be the, Lord, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith and a salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Again, we're talking about, and we'll finish up tonight, on the subject of praising God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Praising God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, again, as we come before you, we're thankful for all that you do for, for us, Father, and we have so much to be thankful for. Father, thank you for health, for life, for what you've given us in salvation and in our building. Father, thank you for the way you're taking care of the details and helping us to move one step at a time closer to finally uh, getting the remodel done. And Father, Lord, we need you for that in all things. And Lord, I need you tonight as, as we look into thy word. Help me and help us all. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Again, praising God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we began this uh, this uh, subject a few weeks back now, and if you look with me to Psalm 33 and 1, Psalm 33 and verse 1, <clears throat> praise is important, especially praising our God. You know, the Apostle Peter seems to be speaking forth or bursting forth with praise and worship of the Lord here in Psalm 33 and 1. Rejoice in the Lord. O ye righteous, for praise is comely uh, for the upright. God it's, it is worthy to be praised on, on many fronts and for many reasons. Even in our text, praising God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. But praise, he says here, the psalmist says, is comely. means it's decent, suitable, proper, and beautiful. You know, folks, it's a beautiful thing sometimes when we're able to praise someone for doing a good job, and we ought to praise someone if they've done a good job. Now, let me say this. Don't praise them for just doing a job. But if they've done, tried to do their best and done a good job, then it's worthy of praise. You know, nowadays, we seem to minimize the importance of doing our best and, and then it being worthy of praise. You know, say, like our world wants us to all be the same, and to the point where there aren't people who do great things and accomplish great things and do good things and great things for good reasons. I mean, this, this is worthy to be praised. Amen. And the Lord himself is most worthy of all of our praise and honor and glory. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, if you look there with me, 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians 5. <clears throat> Verses 16 through 18, the Bible says, Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Sometimes it, it's all too easy to forget to thank God for his goodness to us and thank God in everything. You know, sometimes we don't always see the goodness of God in everything, and yet God is a good God and means good for us, intends good for us at all times. Uh, and he is worthy of praise because of all that he does. And uh, if you look with me, the word praise itself is an outward expression of our inward gratitude and thanksgiving. Again, if you look with me to Psalm 50 and 23. 
Psalm 50 and uh, verse 23. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me, and to him that ordereth his conversation aright will I show the salvation of God. Whoso offereth praise glorifieth me. You know, it's an important thing, and something that glorifies God is when we praise God for all of his goodness and for everything that he does for us. And sometimes because uh, it's, it's so, we're so prone not to, it's important that we do. It glorifies the Lord in Ephesians 3 and 20 and 21. Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21. <clears throat> Here the Bible says, No, unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, who is he speaking of? Our God. Amen. Our God that dwells in our hearts by faith, who is able to do things that are, are beyond our comprehending or even imagining. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. He is worthy of all praise and honor and glory. Even as Peter is expressing in our text in 1 Peter chapter 3, as we look back there, 1 Peter chapter 3, excuse me, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. He says here, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's praising God, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, and for some specific things. And we've talked about the, first of all, in verse 3, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We've talked about the prospect of eternal life, a living eternal hope, a hope that fadeth not away, amen, reserved in heaven for us. It's a, it's a blessed hope. It's not a, something that we hope will happen. It's a hope in that the Bible speaks of is a confident expectation of good things to come, amen? A confident expectation, not a hope so maybe so kind of hope. And then we talked about the prospect of an unchanging possession. He says in verse 4, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that faded not away, reserved in heaven for you. I mean, folks, you can't get much stronger. We looked at all the different words that are found in this particular verse, and it gives us the prospect of an unchanging uh, possession. You know what, folks? It's not dependent on you or I. God has set this, if you will, in concrete. He has set it for us in the eternal word of God, he's promised it, amen, for you and I, the prospect of an unchanging possession. And tonight, as we finish up, we want to talk about the possession of perfect protection. He says it's all protected, if you will, and we find it in verse 5, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Folks, we are kept by the power of God. And folks, what greater power is there? Now, the world at large does not want to acknowledge the power of God. Hence, we have evolutionary theory that somehow tries to explain away the fact of how we got here. And the Bible has given us an explanation of how everything came to be. In the beginning, God created. Amen. No one greater in power than the Creator God and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh. There's no greater power than that of God. 
And he says here, and the, the Apostle Peter speaks of the possession of a perfect protection. You know, folks, our eternal life, if you will, our eternal destiny, <clears throat> our future hope, alive, the, the living hope, the confident expectation, <clears throat> if you will, of eternal life is secure, it's protected by this, by these words who are kept by uh, the power of God. The, the phrase, who are kept by the power of God, means to hold, to retain in one's power or possession, not to lose or part with. It means to have in custody for security or preservation. It means to preserve, to retain, to preserve from falling or from danger, to protect, to guard, or sustain. And folks, we have a protection beyond human protection. You know, sometimes you'll see on TV or on, hear advertisements on the radio for security systems and how it'll protect you. And they, pro they promise all these kinds of protection. You know what? Uh, there are, there's going to be somebody out there that can get around that kind of protection. But I'm going to tell you something. You know, you can put all the locks. You know, it's amazing that sometimes we watch old shows and they show, uh, they show uh, Los Angeles area. And it's amazing in Los Angeles area that most people had bars on their windows. I remember watching the old emergency uh, uh, program one time and they were going in to rescue a guy and they literally had to take the bars off the window to get in the house to fight the fire and rescue somebody. And all I could think of was, that's some pretty tough protection. But folks, that's nothing compared to the protection of God. We're kept, preserved, protected by God himself. Look at me to Genesis 28 and 15. Genesis 28 and 15. <clears throat> Here the Lord gives promise to Jacob. And you know, Jacob was no perfect specimen. Jacob had his problems. And yet he was saved, and he says, the Lord here says to him, Behold, I am with thee, and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest, and will bring thee again into this land, for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. He said, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to be there to protect you. I'm going to make sure that you get where you need to be. And folks, you know, if God is sure, and, and he has promised us that we, if we're saved by grace, saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, we're going to get to where we need to be in the end. Amen? And God has protected that salvation for us. He's protected our souls, preserved that place for us in Exodus 34. Exodus 34 tonight. <clears throat> Exodus 34, look at verses 5 through 7. And the Bible says, And the Lord descended in a cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and mercy, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, and will by no means clear the guilty of visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, upon the th children's children of the third and fourth generation. Here he talks about keeping mercy. You know what, folks? God has given us eternal mercies, eternal forgiveness, eternal love, eternal grace. Everything about God is eternal. And, folks, he keeps it so. You know, the mercies that God offers us in salvation, gives to us as a gift by grace through faith in Him, are preserved by His own power. Everything about God is eternal, and the promises He's made to us, the mercies, the grace, the love, and all of it. Eternal life is preserved and kept 
by the power of the God that not only promised it, but will do it. If you will, Psalm 37 and 23. Psalm 37 and 23. And you know what, folks? It is not dependent on us. You know, God offers to us eternal life, not probationary life. Now, you know what a sad thing that sometimes when people are offered probation, they get out with a chance, with a chance to to be able to go on with life to some degree, and the only stipulation that, that keeps them from going back to jail is if they behave. They follow the rules of their probation and what have you. But you know, it doesn't take much of a slip. It doesn't take sometimes much of a slip to be thrown back in jail. Lose their freedom all over again. Do you realize something, folks? God isn't offering us probationary life, but rather eternal life. That is not dependent upon us, but is kept preserved by the power of Almighty God. And we in our lives and everything are preserved by God. In Psalm 37 and 23 Bible says, for the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. You know, there is, there is within this the expectation that men are going to falter. Though we, we try to be good, there is the expectation that we will falter. And he says here, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken or seed begging bread. He is ever merciful and he lendeth and his seed is blessed. And blessed depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. For the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever. But the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. You know, sometimes the wicked uh, 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 stand up in pride and boast themselves and fly in the face of God and, and us that are trying to do right. Anyone who's trying to do right, they fly in the face of that. And you know what God says? Hey, they're going to be cut off one day. But we'll be preserved. And folks, we'll see. We will see their end. We will see their end. And folks, you know, not that I rejoice in the falling of the, the faltering of the wicked, but if they're bent on wickedness, then one day I will rejoice in the fact that, they, that their wickedness has come to an end. Because their wickedness is, is a wickedness that seeks to destroy everything around them, whether they understand that or not. Look with me to Proverbs 2 and 8. Proverbs 2 and 8. <clears throat> Bible says, He, speaking of God, keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. And you know, thanks be to God that to be a saint isn't to be made a saint by men. We are made saints or sanctified ones, those that are separate from sin and consecrated to God by God, by grace through faith in the Lord. He preserveth the way of his saints. In Isaiah 54 and verse 17, Isaiah 54 and 17. Let me say this. We're talking about the promises of God, the promise of, of the, the, the preservation of our possession. It's a promise given to all of his people, not to a select few or a special group. You know, there are sometimes 
I hate to say this, but I've run across this sometimes in the course of being saved for a while now. I've run across sometimes people that are, feel themselves to be a part of the elite group, the ones that are special to God, even maybe more special than other people, other Christians. Folks, you know what? God loves us all the same. And his promises are all for all of his people. The good, the bad, and the ugly. Amen. Because sometimes we're not always as good as we ought to be. It means we're bad. And sometimes we're just downright ugly. Amen. We're not big. You ever have, <laughs> I remember my grandma used to say, don't you behave ugly. Don't you be ugly. And she was talking about my behavior. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what she meant. She could have been talking about anything else, could she? No, no, no. Don't be ugly. Her words. <laughs> Isaiah 54 and 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Folks, God is on our side. Amen. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen. In John 17, 11. John 17, looking at verse 11. Here the Bible says, And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I am come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. Now this is the Lord's intercessory prayer for his people. God's interceding. Christ is for, for us. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Now, why was uh, uh, he lost? Judas, he's speaking of Judas, was lost. He was lost because he was lost. He was never saved by the grace of God. I have kept, but none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. You know what, folks? <clears throat> the only reason sometimes we don't go and do some of the, the, the most terrible of things is because of the God that's working in us to keep us, to keep us out of trouble. There are times, folks, when if it weren't for God seeking to preserve us from evil, and you know what, we ought to be in prayer. I mean, here the Lord is giving us an example of interceding and praying for one another, praying that we as Christians, that other Christians would not fall into sin, would not give in to temptation, would not give in to the, the, the accuser, the brother. I mean, folks, we need to be pray in prayer for one another. God the Father, uh, Jesus, prayed for us. And he said, you keep them. I've kept them while I was in the world. Now you keep them. Keep them from evil in this life and keep them unto eternal life. Amen. Romans 8. Romans 8. Let's look at verse 31. Romans 8 and verse 31. What shall we say then to these things? Here it is, if God be for us, who can be against us? 
And you think about that, folks, who can really be against us? You know, we sing the song, we're on the Lord's side, but folks, he's on our side. Amen? He's for us. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I mean, if it weren't enough that he gave his best, his only and his best, will he not give us all that we need? Surely he will. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God that justifieth. You know what, folks? When the accuser of the brethren would come to us and say, you know what, I know, look at, look at that, they failed again. You know what the Lord says? Wait a second. He has a stamp on us. It's called justified. As if we've never sinned. Justified, not by anything we've done, but by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son. Amen? He goes on to say, Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who can do that? You can't do it. I can't do it. The devil can't do it. Amen. We're kept by the power of God. We're kept in the love of God. He said, I've loved thee with an everlasting love. Who shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? Do you know, can you imagine many who have lived before in times past during the dark ages, many who have suffered great persecution and went through great uh, uh, and heinous persecution, physical persecutions. Can you imagine that there might have been a time when they began to wonder, does God love me? I mean, why am I here? You may find yourself someday in a, in a difficult place and say, why am I here? Does God love me? Who and what can separate us from the love of God? Nothing. Amen. We're kept. You know, we're kept by the power of God and His love and His mercy and His grace. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. And all these things, we are more than conquerors to him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. What is he saying? We're kept by the power of God. Kept in his love kept by his power and you know what folks if you're truly saved by the grace of god you're on your way to heaven you're on your way to heaven jude one jude verse one jude the servant of jesus christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called. Preserved in Jesus Christ. Kept by the power of God. Who is Jesus Christ? God. Verse 24 and 25 of the same book. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless, before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Now think about that for me. He's talking about the fact that, you know what? 
when we stand before God, He will present us faultless. Will we have lived a, an absolutely faultless life in this life? Probably not. But one day when He presents us before God the Father in heaven, we will be faultless. We will be faultless. And will be faultless and rejoicing in it. Amen? Rejoicing in what God has done for us. We won't be rejoicing in the fact that we were so hot because we aren't. We weren't and we aren't. Not we ain't. Although there are times when we feel like saying we ain't. We aren't. Amen? Amen. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and ever. Amen. To God be the glory, great things He hath done. And you know what? We have a, the present, uh, present tense promise of eternal life. We have it now. The moment we were saved by the grace of God, and we have so much to look forward to. And remember this. Not even you, not even you at your worst. And I'm going to say this, most of us are trying to be our best as Christians. But even if we were found at our worst, we are still kept, preserved by God for heaven, forever and forever. Amen? Remember, folks, we are saved by grace and we're kept by grace, amen, through faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter how bad it gets here, and at times it get, can get pretty nasty, amen, aren't you glad there's something better to look forward to? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about this message, or if you would like information about our church, please visit us online at bbcdickinson.com.